0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing
1: on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to the Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zidle learn from savvy street smart entrepreneurs how to make the leap from running a stressful business that's always putting out fires to leading a successful company that is innovative, productive, profitable. Now here's Marsha's idol.
2: Welcome to the Business Edge, sponsored by Inspire Nexus, giving street smart advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders on how to take their company, firm, or organization to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to create and grow great businesses that matter, those that do well and do good. I'm Marsha Zidle, the Smart Moves Coach and Speaker, helping entrepreneurial ventures and small to medium-sized companies build the leadership and talent to move from innovative startup to productive scale-up to profitable enterprise. My motto is, if you do what you always did, you'll get what you always got. Therefore, move outside your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. So let's start right now to bring some magic to your leadership and business. Here's breaking news. LinkedIn overhauls the group features. Messaging on the site has been completely revamped. Endorsements are popping up every time you open LinkedIn. The new mobile app seems to have a mind of its own, and people are able to publish full-length articles on their profile. Today's program is... Which 2015 LinkedIn changes, some of them secret, will help you succeed in 2016? My guest is Wayne Breitbart, the CEO of Power Formula, who will help us capitalize on LinkedIn's latest updates and revisions. Wayne is an experienced businessman, speaker, and author, and an internationally recognized industry leader in LinkedIn training, marketing, and consulting. He has shared his expertise with more than 80,000 business professionals through private business consulting, dynamic presentations to worldwide audiences, and his critically acclaimed book, The Power Formula for LinkedIn Success, now in its third edition. Wayne is here to help all of us start the new year with a LinkedIn strategy that will blow the doors off your projections and your competition Welcome, Wayne. It's a pleasure to have you on the Business Edge.
3: Marcia, it's great to be on your show again. I always like to come back. That's super.
2: <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, uh, I want you to come back because I'm one of those that want, has really frustrations with LinkedIn as well as seeing the opportunities with LinkedIn. So I think this is going to be a great show. So let's just start with before we get into the many changes LinkedIn has made and will be making, let's focus on what has changed not on the site, but in people's usage or attitudes regarding LinkedIn in the 8 years you've been teaching it.
3: I love that question and uh, I don't I don't really get it enough. But here's the situation. Back 8 years ago, I found that maybe half of the people at least in the area Midwest where I live, were on LinkedIn and sort of trying to figure out what they were supposed to do with it. But that was only half. And now, swing forward these eight years, most people are now on LinkedIn, but still there's a bundle of people that don't understand what to do with the site. And what's starting to happen in the marketplace is you're getting those companies and leaders that are starting to realize the power of this tool as a database of business professionals and are putting it into their daily routine. And you've still got the majority who think that something's going to happen simply <laughs> by having a LinkedIn profile that looks like sort of a shortened version of their resume. And they're wondering why they're not getting activity. Well, it's because they're not doing any activity, right? So we're getting this, this fork in the road where the skeptics are going one way, and, and blowing it off is just another fad that's probably going to go away now. It's only been 15 years. And the others that realize it's got to be part of my routine.
2: Right. And I think more and more of the people I meet are saying it has to be part of my routine or it has to be whether you're looking for a job or generating business. So um, one of the things that I, you and I discussed is the many changes that LinkedIn has made, and I just and this has generated a, a lot of interest from my colleagues and uh, from my posts on LinkedIn, and I received a bunch of questions. So let's start with some of those changes. For example, changes in messaging. Now I am before they changed it. I was, would be able to send a message, one message, to 50 of my uh, connections. And it was, I only did it like once a month, and it was to tell my connections who the upcoming guests were for that month. That has changed. I cannot do that anymore. So why did they make the change? Where is, it, where is messaging going now? And how do we, how do we get the word out?
3: so your guess is as good as mine on the why (laughs) i I think that i i i kid about this but i think that somehow on in california where linkedin is and their neighbors with facebook and twitter and google i think they sit around these big conference room tables and just go how can we frustrate the people in the in the midwest in the central part of the country, who like things logically and rules based, and would follow those rules. And so the why, I have no idea. Now, where is messaging going? Well, yes. I don't think it's going to go back to the old system. So, generally, what happened was we used to have a system that was much more like an email system, where mm-hmm. you could do just what you said that that fifty-person uh, one-message feature. I loved it too, Marcia. It was one of the coolest things that I did from time to time. I didn't overuse it, just like you. But now you can still do it. But, boy, if you do it, you're going to end up with problems for the most part because people, number one, will know. Everybody that was on now, the (laughs) the other 49 people, and the chain of of conversations continues for a long time until somebody finds what has been recently added. There is now a mute button and a delete conversation button, and that came out of everybody clamoring, saying this is not working well. But I still don't recommend you do the – Let's call it the bulk message, the 50 message at a time thing, because now instead of it being like an email system with separate messages along the way that go in an inbox, it's much more like a, a conversation and a text stream.
2: Right. And um, just one other thing is that in the old system, you could hide the the 50 um, um, uh, people that you are. You know, sending it to. And now, yes, they're going to see it. And there's, so there's, so we have to come up with some other way to get our message to a large group of people. Is the only thing I can think of is separate messages to each individual. Yeah,
3: Yeah, either that, if you want to do it within LinkedIn, I I would use separate messages. The other thing you can do is, since you're first level connected, you Mm -hmm. could draw the email names addresses into another database, whether that's Outlook or Gmail, and, and mm-hmm. make groups out of them, and then use that system. So you have gathered their email address, and that's pretty simple to do, either on a one-on-one cut-and-paste basis, or you can download your entire LinkedIn database, mm-hmm. first-level connections, and then put them into some other uh, emailing system. And that's my, my preference when we do, want to do multiple people, is you're just going to have to take it off, off of LinkedIn.
2: Okay, now moving on. You've gotten to my, that was my number one frustration. So now I'm moving on to what other people have told me. Um, There are changes in the group features. Um, uh, Can you talk about that? And then another question that has to do with groups is, uh, should you belong to many groups? I think you can belong to up to 100 groups, or should you belong to a smaller number?
3: So the group thing has been in transition now for Uh, Several years, and and it all came about because in the beginning when people were joining groups, they saw it as a way to just basically post their advertisements in the discussions. And Mm -hmm. then it got very spammy, and managers didn't have the time to manage all the conversations. and So LinkedIn sort of took control of that and started grabbing conversations that had links to blog posts, even if they were good, legitimate thought leadership sharing kind of things. (coughs) Excuse me. They decided they would start grabbing those automatically and putting those people in a little bit of penalty box. If you're in a penalty box for one of your groups, you're in for all 50 at the time. And so they, they, they want to, they put those rules in place. And then in October ish, they came out with a new group feature. Now me and the rest of the people that do what I do are still stepping back and keeping an eye on the new groups as it relates to conversations and discussions. We're not sure that they hit the the mark and uh, still have have made it very easy for uh, managers to pull things out of there and LinkedIn to do some of their own monitoring. And so the conversation part of groups is still a little bit dicey. So be super careful if you're going into a group. What I would do if I was going to start posting in a group consistently some of your thoughts, I think I would contact the group manager ahead of time. And have a back and forth on LinkedIn and say, these are the kinds of things that I'm willing to share with the group and see how and get a feedback from the group manager. That way you sort of pre-approval for the kind of information that you're going to go in there and ask questions about, maybe share things that go back to your website. But secondarily, you can still get involved in other people's discussions. There's no downside to that. But when you're posting your own, I would definitely go to the group manager and try to get like a pre-approval of what you got going on. One of the features that has left LinkedIn, and we're really frustrated about in a group section, is your ability to search for people within a group in the group function using keywords. So mm-hmm. you used to be able to go into a group, open up to click on the members, a search box would pop open, and you'd put in the word "President Construction." And it would show you all the presidents of construction companies that were in the group. Now the only searching we can do. is for people's names. So it's really sort of a useless search uh, feature inside of there. So that was an important step of the group thing. So I'm not going to say groups is back for good and really a very important part of your strategy, except the last part of your question, and that was should you join a lot of groups? And you're right. They moved it from 50 to 100. Here's what I'll tell you about sort of the hidden value of being in a lot of groups is, is, number one, being in groups with people to help you move up in search in the LinkedIn search algorithm should you be searched by people that are looking uh, for the products and services and things that you do. So, for example, if you, if you and I are a group together and I'm looking for a business coach and I search business coach in the Dallas area, you will come up higher in that search because we happen to be in, uh-huh. let's say, the Dallas Cowboy group together. It sees that as a form of relevancy. So that's a hidden benefit. A second hidden benefit is you're still able to message up to 15 people each month free, even if they're not connected to them, which would normally mm-hmm. be an email and will cost you $10 a piece. You can still do that, but only 15 a month. So it gives you more pe- more groups to choose those 15, let's call them free emails that you get each and every month. So I, I still think there's importance to be in a lot of groups. Now remember this especially for your listeners who, who haven't kept up with this. If you want to join a lot of groups, you definitely have to control the emails that come in and go into your uh-huh. settings and turn off the bulk of them
0: because right.
3: you're going to hate that advice because you're going to go, Wayne, you told me to join 100 groups, and I did that, and I'm getting 108 emails, and I don't want that to happen. Right. So you go into your settings and you turn off the emails on the majority of the groups that you're in, regardless of how many that is.
2: Okay. Now, I have a, uh, 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 a colleague of mine wants me to ask you this question. I sent it to you ahead of time because I think um, I, 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 uh, because you can get you can get the sense of frustration. Okay, it says in behalf of the many frustrated long term group owners, managers, and members, my singular question would be. How does LinkedIn expect to prevail over the long term without a very visible and credible commitment to real-time customer support in all respects? While every social media platform experiences growth and challenges, LinkedIn is consistently singled out for invisible, deplorable customer support, hiding behind robotic responses and more, which has been translated by many into a lack of empathy in favor of arrogance." Unquote.
3: <laughs> well, I think, I, think,
2: I, I think that says it well.
3: I mean, I I think that was well-written. And I, if I could take that to uh, Jeff Weiner, I would do that in a minute. Uh, I wish I had the answers for this. Um, now, here's my hope. Uh, and I hope it's not a, a business strategy, trust me. But my hope is, like this past quarter, which, LinkedIn announced their earnings just last week, and they, they didn't do well, and the stock dropped a third in one day. Mm. And th- these kind of comments have been coming up to LinkedIn in the marketplace. I'm mm. going to be hopeful that when they start seeing the kind of responses that take place and these things hitting sort of the airwaves that even the brokers and the, all the investment people can see, that they'll start realizing that long-term, To be a leader in this space, they're going to have to start taking care of us, the customer, and not using us like a bunch of test dummies every (laughs) time they want to change something. So I agree. You you cannot have your customers feeling the way this this, uh, gentleman and the way a lot of people do about LinkedIn and continue to do the service. Now, the flip side to that is this. They don't make any money on you and I if we haven't upgraded. And still the bulk of the members, 85%-ish, are still on a free platform. And the people that are paying, the the 15% that are paying the freight, they may be getting a much better response. I, I pay a small amount for what I do. I'm on one of the cheaper paid accounts. And I would say the responses that I get through the help center have been fairly crisp. In other words, I usually get a response within a half a day. And the responses are getting better and better. Now, would I say it's as nice as calling an 800 number and really get my problem fixed? No, I'd love that. Right. Right. And I do know know the people that spend a lot of money on LinkedIn, they do have a person on the phone that they can call. So some of the frustration exists with the free members. And and it's too bad that LinkedIn doesn't look at that and go, well, listen, they're still part of the 414 million that make up the database that allow me to sell the product to the people that want to pay for it. But I think they do have a little bit of that arrogance, which was mentioned in your comments. So, you know, I don't have any insights to be able to say that um, I think they're working harder on this than they used to. But like I said, my hope would be that they would start to really get a feel for the, the, the free customer being an important part of the database and ha- coming up with a little better way. They have added, a, evidently, a chat feature in certain mm-hmm. markets. Right, right. Uh, So that would be nice. And they have added, actually, a couple of people. A couple of my peers have been added to a sort of an expert, let's call it an expert panel. Mm -hmm. We're throwing some of their more complex questions to people like myself. And so uh, to me, with those two changes, the the potential chat opening up to everybody and maybe adding some people like myself to to deal with the questions because we really know the platform sometimes better than the people (laughs) at the office I'm, those movements tell me that maybe something's going on here.
2: Well, uh, just real quickly, we have um, a minute or less. Um, one of the other things is endorsements are popping up every time you open LinkedIn. Is this a strategy people are missing? So real quickly, wh- what is it about uh, endorsements? So endorsements, you have to look at it this way. You're getting endorsed for skills. Skills are a
3: very important section on your profile. Now, just for the clarity of who you are and what you do but as part of the search algorithm and think about endorsements against skills which are keywords right very similar to the way people are searching for a hamburger on yelp we're going to come up in searches higher when we're getting endorsed for keywords that people search us for so there's a definite strategy there
2: great i think this is a Time for a short break. I'm Marcia Zidle, the Smart Moves Coach, and my guest is Wayne Breitbart, the CEO of Power Formula, who is sharing his expertise on how to capitalize on LinkedIn's latest updates and revisions. You're listening to The Business Edge, giving street smart advice on how to create and grow great businesses that matter, those who do good and do well. Stay tuned.
4: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network.
5: There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidle, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com.
4: Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded best of staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it... People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1 800 411 6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1 800 411 6401 or s n e l l i n g.com. Have you ever heard
5: of someone who felt stuck in a challenging situation, feeling sideswiped by an event that took their success path off course? Glenn Ramsey, the entrepreneur blind spot coach, will help you to identify the unnoticeable reasons why you've derailed and get back on track with your KPI goals. Get realigned with success and connect with Glenn, the blind spot coach at Glenn at InspireNexus.com to schedule your free discovery coaching session today. That's Glenn, G-L-E-N at
4: InspireNexus.com. Up to date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866 472 5790. 866 472 5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network.
1: You're tuned into the business edge with Marsha Idol.
2: Welcome back to The Business Edge. I'm Marcia Zidle, the Smart Moves Coach, helping entrepreneurial ventures and small to medium-sized companies build the leadership and talent to move from innovative startup to productive scale-up to profitable enterprise. My guest today is Wayne Breitbart, the CEO of Power Formula, who is sharing his expertise on how to capitalize on LinkedIn's latest updates and revisions. And during the first segment... Uh, we talked about so many changes that are going on at LinkedIn and and Wayne's um, impression and suggestions of how we deal with it. And I'd like to now move to some of the other features of LinkedIn and how we can best utilize them. So, um, for example, the new mobile app seems to have a mind of its own. Can you talk about that?
3: You bet, Marcia. So uh, a new mobile app completely revamped came out uh, towards the end of last year, and uh, Lincoln shared at, the, at that time that almost 60% of the views on uh, profiles took place on mobile. So that means now it's to the, over, the, over half are taking place on mobile. And the mind of its own, uh, that's a good way to put it, because what what's happened on the mobile is because it's smaller, LinkedIn has to decide which things it will carry over from the main, from your ah. profile, and which things it wants to truncate and eliminate and highlight. And so, an important step for all of your listeners is to first start off by going and looking at your profile on the mobile app. Ah. And what you'll find is some things that you thought were very important are getting lost. For example, your headline which, of course, is important because it's called your headline, is 120 characters. On your, on your computer, all 120 characters show up. Ah. On the mobile, only the beginning part does. So you may have to rearrange your headline. Ah. So that the most important stuff comes, shows up first. Another thing is in, a lot of people don't even have a, what's called a summary, Highly recommend it, that you write yourself a summary. Well, what you miss by that opportunity is that if you have a summary, the first sentence and a half-ish will show up way at the top of your mobile. If you don't have one, it just doesn't show up, and it sort of closes that up a little bit. So you're missing a chance to put something, like I say, above the fold, another nice little marketing piece about who you are and what you do. Um, the, another thing that takes place is, it doesn't show any of the details of any of your experiences, any of your job entries, but it does show the full titles. So my suggestion has always been for search algorithm purposes, to include after your title, let say sales manager, after that in parentheses, say specializing in email marketing, uh, online marketing, digital strategies, and close the parentheses. Use all 100 characters of your job title that used to help you in the search engine and still does but now your your title shows up on your on the mobile app and in parentheses at least people will know the kinds of things you sell so it's that kind of a, a thought process that that when you're working on changes on your profile always go back and reference the mobile app another one is they grab one of your recommendations and highlight it very highly on your uh, on mobile app, and the rest of them show up under see more, and you can rearrange your recommendations so that the very best one is the one that shows up in your mobile app. So keep an eye on that. I had to write actually two articles in my weekly tips which your listeners can get to by going to my website, powerformula.net. And the blog is there with my past tips. But it, it, there was so much change in this area that it took me two weekends to cover just these changes in the mobile apps and remembering that, you know, six out of ten people are looking at you there.
2: That is, you know, for what I'm paying you, it's real. That is the most worthwhile thing that you that i that I think our listeners can gain, which is look at your profile on on your cell phone, on your smartphone, on your tablet, etc. So, moving on, um, talk about publishing, um, and I know I do a lot of it. I'm wondering, is it worthwhile? Is it not worthwhile? Um, uh, I had I was at a meeting today and someone said to me, Marsha, I see you're all over LinkedIn. Uh, you're how do you write all those articles? And then they said, Do you get some business? And I said, Well, I'm not sure because I know I'm getting you know I'm I'm getting uh, uh, p- uh, credibility and PR. So talk about articles and posts and things like that.
3: So the exciting news is about a year and a half ago they opened up the publishing feature to all of us. Prior to that, it was for a select group of people that they called influencers. And when the influencers had two or three years worth of publishing ahead of us, those of us that wanted to publish were very frustrated with that hand-picking of influencers. So now we all have the ability to write full-length articles that stay on our profile so people can check out and and read that we're thought leaders because we're writing. And so I highly recommend it because it does separate certain people because some people just won't take the time or the effort or the, you know, or the diligence to, to continue to write. As you know, that's, that's hard to do, but it does put you in a different space than some of your competitors who may not be writing about things. Does it work? Well, here's how I use it. I, I, I write a weekly tip, as I just mentioned. I email that out each Sunday. I put that into my regular blog, and then I like two or three weeks later, on a delayed basis, I will then take that exact same blog post with the same pictures in the in the screenshots and publish it on LinkedIn a, a couple of weeks later, because not everybody who's in my LinkedIn network is part of my email list. And so I just repurpose that, figuring it's 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 another audience. Uh, there'll be some duplication, but not you know. open rate right on my emails, only 25% anyway, so maybe the other three quarters will catch it when it's posted in the publishing, so uh, that's the process I've but then here's what I do is I keep an eye on not just the views. The statistics we get for publishing is outstanding, different than what we get for status updates, which is very little. You can see views, comments, and shares, and you not only get to see the number, you actually see the people that comment and share, and you can send them notes. And I have been adding 10 to 15 people to my network each week who take the time to share or comment on my published posts that are not in my network. So I figure if they mm. make a comment or they share, mm. they're worthy of being in my network. And so I send them a real nice note thanking them for doing that, and then I ask them to join the network. And I just think that's a great way to sort of find people that already love you and bring them into your network. So that strategy alone could be one that could turn into be a moneymaker.
2: I like that. I like that a lot. Um, now, um, moving to another uh, a topic uh, that has come up, um, is it better to have a big network of people you hardly know or a smaller network of people you know very well? And I struggle with that. What's your thought on that?
3: So this is the the great debate on LinkedIn. Quantity versus quality. Mm-hmm. And where I land on that is it really depends on what your strategy is. And let me just give you an example of what happened to me. And I think the, your listeners will understand the strategy difference. When I was just an office furniture dealer in the Milwaukee area, that was what I did when I started LinkedIn. I sold office furniture and our marketplace was southeastern Wisconsin. It wasn't the world. I made connections with people that were in this marketplace because that was what my business objective was. And I had eight hundred people in my network, and I knew them all. If I if I ran into them on the street, I'd know them all. Well, my career changed significantly when my wife had the brainy idea of us writing a LinkedIn book. God bless <laughs> her soul. She's, I listened to her this time around, Marcia. Uh, and so we wrote this book on LinkedIn, and the book takes off, and all of a sudden, my my business mar- uh, market changed. Mm-hmm. So now My wife, as she often reminds me, she says, why don't we only sell 90,000 books when there's over 400 million people on LinkedIn? You keep connecting. <laughs> <laughs> so she's a smart lady. So see the difference? The difference yes. was my... I had a much broader audience because I had this $15 book that I could sell to basically everybody on LinkedIn and even those people that are thinking about going on LinkedIn. So the strategy that a person should have for the quantity versus quality has to do with what their current objective is. And I'll give you one more little story that will help your listeners. If you go from being solidly placed in your organization where you don't think you're going to ever have to look for another job and, and, you're, not, and you're not doing business development or all this kind of thing, maybe you want a nice, nice little tight network. But the minute you get laid off, yes, yes. trust me, you need yes. a bigger network, right? Yes. And your world just got rocked, and a better network going to help you find that next great job, as we all know.
2: Right, and I've seen that when I've done our placement. Where their 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 network, whether it's on LinkedIn or whether it's their personal network, is the small group of people that they that they know, and that is changing. And it's um, especially where we're becoming a free agents, where we're going to be having multiple jobs and things like that. So, it, from you know, it depends on your strategy. But I get the sense is um, we need to at least have know more people. Um than we probably' have had before we can we have to go from that small little niche to a larger. how large i think depends on where you know if you want you know, if you want to if you want to go international that 's a much a bigger network um, yeah you're you're really right about that and
3: let me throw one more thing, and that 's this most people have this kind of strategy. I call it the handshake or the hug strategy. That means the only people in my network are those people that I've already met or talked to on the phone and know well. To me, that means you're not going to go any new places. So (laughs) on LinkedIn, we can find people that are like those other people, but we haven't met them yet. So why not at least open your strategy, pass that to people that you'd love to get to know with the handshake and a hug?
2: Okay, I like that. Now, um, I know this was a question I had asked you when we talked earlier, which is: Should you have a company page? If so, how do you use it? How is it different from your, you know, uh, what your profile page?
3: So, company pages are are an extra page, no charge, on LinkedIn that um, any company can set up as long as they have a .com. You can't set them up if you really don't have some kind of a website. And I would highly recommend that any company that does, even a company like, I'm a company of one, basically. Uh Uh And I've got a LinkedIn company page. And the first reason you want to have one is because Google likes it. In other words, when you Google the name of my company, Power Formula LLC, my LinkedIn company page will come up second or third on that Google search. And every time I've tested it for a company, and I don't care how big the company is, their LinkedIn company page will usually come up on page one or the top of page two of a Google search. So anytime you can own for free another nice marketing spot on a Google search that close to the top, you better grab it. So do that. but And then what do you do on your company page is your employees will then – uh, have your logo will then show up on their profile with a, uh, a link, sort of a link. The minute somebody comes to their own pro, the, uh, individual profile where one of your employees and your logo is there, click the logo and it takes you right to your company page. So that's a nice little tie-in to your company. And then you can send out status updates from your company page that specifically go to your followers not not your connections, but whoever has decided to follow your company page. And I think the company page, besides sending out updates about what's going on with the company and those kinds of things, is a perfect place for you to post jobs. Mm-hmm. Because uh, job seekers, at least I teach job seekers, that they should go follow the companies that they want to work for so that they'll continually get the job postings from those companies they're interested in. So it's a really nice thing for that. and and even the, And if you're the manager of a company page... You can click on the, the number of followers up at the top of your page, and you can actually review all your followers. And I've had HR people actually find people by going through that list and reach out to those people and say, hey, why are you following our company page? And, well, because I went to this class, and this LinkedIn guy told me I should, and, and the HR person says, well, I've
2: already looked at your profile, and you look good. Let's have an interview. Boom. She got the job. <laughs> I'm sure you have many, many stories like that. Um, and... I, you know, so, um, yes, if you have a company page. What if you are like me and you, you know, small one- to two-person business? Um, yeah, still you, have one. I mean, still I have one? Still, yeah, I would still have one just from the standpoint of that whole idea with the Google, right? Right. Okay. Now, I want to get to one of the other questions that I I think is important is, what are some of the most underutilized features on the site?
3: Okay, I'm going to start with the first one. And the first one is underutilized because it is the top-rated feature, but... It's the top rate feature because only a few bunch of people know how to use it and they're making money with it, so they rate it so highly, but the majority of the people don't know what to do with it. And it's this one. Who's viewed your profile? Uh, you know that I, you could call that sort of the stalker thing on LinkedIn. Yeah, you know, who's creep, who's creeping on you? But here's the thing. most people have clicked that and they do look at the people, but that's where they stop. And uh-huh. that's the miss. The miss on that is, if somebody has looked at you and they're interesting to you, you should reach out to them and either make a connection or send them a message. And Martha, since I discovered this, and trust me, I've been on LinkedIn for eight years, and for five years, I only thought it was interesting. I never made a penny with it. But three years ago, I sort of saw the light when one, a sales guy showed me how to do this. He said, Wayne, it's like this. It's like somebody walked into your store and you didn't say hi to them.
2: <laughs> yes. Right? See, right. You would
3: never do that. He said, you'd never do that. I said, no, I wouldn't. He said, Wayne, they visited. And and he said, not everybody. He said, you know, you look at those people and some people are just, you know, who knows? They're not interested to you. But, but if somebody there is interesting, you better reach your hand out and say, hi, I saw you looked at my profile. I looked at yours. We help businesses like yours all the time. Would you like to chat about it? I mean... He said, why not? And and sure enough, I am counting since that day, and that was three years ago. I have five clients specifically because I do that reach out with the people that have walked into my store who look like good customers to me. So that's the first one. Whose user profile is so underutilized, it's not even funny.
2: Now, we have about sure. 30 yeah. we have about okay. one, 30 seconds to a minute left. So what's the second one? Okay. okay, cool. The second one I would say is go, go check
3: out the university pages. And you find those by going up to your top toolbar, changing the setting on the left to universities, type in the name of a school, and then click on students and alumni, and you have the complete database that you can sort by city, company, keyword, for all the people that went to the same school you did that you may just want to call on. It is so powerful.
2: And I hadn't thought about that. There's so much that you you know, so much information and so much good hints that you've given us, but unfortunately now it's gonna be time. We're gonna to have to take a short break. I'm Marcia Zeidel, the smart moves coach, and my guest is Wayne Breitbart, the CEO of Power Formula, who is sharing his expertise and how to capitalize on LinkedIn latest updates and revisions. You're listening to the Business Edge giving Street Smart Advice on how to create and grow great businesses that matter those that do good and do well stay tuned
4: when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice America Business Network Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded best of staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1 800 411 6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1 800 411 6401. Or S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G dot com. There's a saying...
1: tuned into the business edge with Marsha's idol to reach Marsha or her guests on today's show please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you can also send us an email to marcia at smartmovescoach.com now back to the business edge
2: Welcome back to the Business Edge. I'm Marcia Seidel, the Smart Moves Coach, helping entrepreneurial ventures and small to medium-sized companies build the leadership and talent to move from innovative startup to productive scale-up to profitable enterprise. My guest today is Wayne Breitbart, the CEO of Power Formula, who is sharing his expertise on how to capitalize on LinkedIn's latest updates and revisions. And so this is the $64,000 question. Uh, What are the biggest mistakes people are making on LinkedIn?
3: Okay, it starts with this. A lack of a clearly defined strategy. In other words, they haven't really sat down and said, why am I on LinkedIn in the first place? What am I trying to accomplish? Who am I trying to connect with? If they put that strategy together, then that will change how they write their profile and who they connect with. So that's number one, not defining your strategy clearly. Number two, not understanding the keywords that people are going to search you by and knowing where to put them on the profile so that the search algorithm works for you. You've got to understand your keywords because LinkedIn is just a database at its simplest level. The third thing is that people are not alloc- allocating enough consistent time on the site. You cannot roll into LinkedIn once every two or three months and really think something's going to happen. These sites—I don't care if it's Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn—you name it—they require much quicker responses than the old days when we had snail mail and fax machines. <laughs> and so, I think that people have to realize that it's got. There have to be a daily routine, and I've come up in my book. I've got a chapter called "Ready, Set, Go: A Six-Week, Two-Hour Per Week Roadmap to Results." And two hours per week, that's what I tell people you'll need to put in. And it's better if those two hours are in 15-minute chunks each day as opposed to two hours on Sunday uh. during the football game. Uh, but if that's all you can do, that's at least better than skipping it for a week because you need a routine. And if you don't get back to people, you, I know what happens to me, there could be something in that inbox that has some immediacy to it. I've, I've missed opportunities actually on Facebook because I don't do that enough. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling people, you got to do the same thing on LinkedIn. And I messed up over on Facebook because my daughter said, Dad, you've got to check your messages for three weeks. And sure enough, I went in there and there was a speaking opportunity that I missed. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you need to dedicate some time to it. That's for sure. So those are the three things I'd say that people are making the biggest mistakes on.
2: Okay, I want to go back to the one that you said—the second one. Not understand uh, the importance of keywords and where to, where to put them on your profile. Can you um, talk just uh, a minute, you know, a little bit about where do they go? You have your keywords. Where should you put them?
3: Sure. I'm glad we had time for that. So the th- the three hotspots are your headline, your job titles, as we mentioned earlier in mm-hmm. the show, and the skill section. Mm. Now. They're good. They're also good in your summary, and they're also good in in the interest section, and they're also good in the job descriptions. But they're really great in headline, job titles, and in the skill
2: section. Okay. And um, you know, any final thoughts? Um, any you know that you've you've talked about the the biggest mistakes, but what is it that is going to get us to? um do all these things to make the ch- you know to deal with this to make LinkedIn a a part of our everyday life any suggestions on that
3: I, I yeah my suggestion is and this has worked for a lot of people um, we all, on your computer you can set your you can set the page that comes up when you op- when you open your computer in the morning <laughs> why not set that page so that it LinkedIn is a page instead of Google or whatever and maybe that will be like when you turn your computer, hi, I'm here, I'm LinkedIn, I'm ready to go today. And you might spend those first 15 minutes or so looking through your, because what you need to do on a daily basis is you gotta make sure you look at your inbox, look at any mm-hmm. messages. Number two, look at the new invitations that came into you and read the invitations and decide who you're gonna connect with. Number three, you should be looking at who's used your profile on the previous day. And number four, you should think about who did you meet yesterday. Who did you talk to on the phone that you would like to have join your network? And most of those people should go to your network because if you had a conversation either at a meeting or on the phone, they should be in your network and you should proactively invite those people. So I think that when your computer boots up, having that page come up has been, a lot of people have told me that's been helpful.
2: Okay, I will start doing that. Um, So I want to thank you so much, Wayne, uh, because. Um, not only because of your wealth of knowledge, but because the frustrations that I was having with LinkedIn, I just, you know, there are times when you just want to throw your computer, you know, do something to your computer. I wanted to do something with LinkedIn, but you've given me the the, the where for all, how to deal with these changes. So thank you so very much. And now, I, Wayne, I, there may be people who may want to contact you. So tell them a little bit about, you know, how to contact you, and I think you have a special offer for them. So Oh, it's all yours now.
3: Thanks, Marcia. And I appreciate you saying I helped you today, although I know I'll probably change something up on we'll I'll be right back. <laughs> uh, but um, I would love your listeners to reach out to me, of course, on LinkedIn. And when you send the invitation to me, I would really love you to mention that we met here on the radio show. That would yeah, I'd, I'd, that'd be just cool. I'd love to hear that part. Um, so you can connect with me on LinkedIn. But check out my website, which is powerformula.net. And there you'll be able to sign up for my free weekly LinkedIn tips, which come out each and every Sunday. Uh, and number two, I want to make a special offer that if you purchase my brand new book, the third edition of the best-selling LinkedIn book of all time, The Power Formula for LinkedIn Success, out since only January 6th. And after you buy that book, visit the website powerformula.net forward slash audiobook and just upload your receipt. You'll be able to get a free audio book, and I'm reading it to you. So realize how much time that took me to read that and how hard (laughs) that was to do. But you'll be able to listen to me in your car, on your treadmill, or when you're taking a walk for free. So once again, that's powerformula.net forward slash audio book. And I sure hope I meet some of your listeners on LinkedIn or, or through my website.
2: Well, I hope so, too. Thank you very much, Wayne. And now it's time for Marsha's Musings.
5: It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth.
2: The curse of the native eye. When everyone is so comfortable in their habitual ways of doing things, minds go on autopilot. Everything and everyone looks normal because that's how it's always been. Unfortunately, the impact of what we're not seeing because of the trance of our routine can limit our potential and hurt our organizations. Just think of the companies who are no longer because they didn't pay attention to changes that were happening in their industry. Now, the benefit of fresh eyes. A manager I work with told me, quote, One of the reasons I love new hires is they have fresh eyes. He realized the eyes of a newbie can see things we've been doing for so long that's inconvenient or ineffective, but that we've grown accustomed to. Listeners, how much time do you spend with the newest member of your team or an, or an outside consultant you might have at your organization? They tend to ask why a lot and wonder about different ways of approaching problems. They get excited about better, more efficient ways of doing things that have gone ignored, and they almost always notice the downright silly things that should be changed. As a leader, you can help your people develop fresh eyes by spending time at staff meetings asking these kinds of questions. One. Why did we start doing things this way? Is there a good reason to continue? Two, what underlying purpose does this meeting, activity, routine serve? Is there better ways to spend our time? And three, and this is very important, if we're doing certain things because of a problem, are we trying to solve the symptoms or the root cause of the problem? So here's your Smart Move Success tip. In an age of constant change, worshiping the status quo is downright dangerous to your business health and survival. The fresh eyes of a new hire or a crazy idea of an employee should never be ignored because it reinforces a performance improvement mindset that there is always something that can be done differently and perhaps better. Listeners, are you seeing with native eyes or fresh eyes? Here's a way to find out. Take the success score, a simple assessment that measures the overall health of your business and then gives you tools to optimize it. Go to www.MarshaZeidel.com. I'll spell that because my name is unusual. It's M-A-R-C-I-A-Z like zebra, I-D like David, L-E and scroll down to the section that says Sign Up to Work With Me. Click on a success score plus review. You'll get your success score plus one hour of customized coaching session. Want to know more? Then contact me at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A at smartmovescoach.com That's S M A R T M O V E -S 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 S. Coach.com or call me at 972 380 9181.
5: You're listening to Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves Coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability.
2: Next week's program to bring more magic to your leadership and business is How Can Entrepreneurs Benefit from Having a Success Partner? Join in for a practical discussion with entrepreneur and expert Glenn Ramsey, the Blindspot Coach, on the value of creating accountability with like-minded individuals to grow your business. This dialogue will connect the dots between measurable results and how to achieve them. Coach Glenn expresses that success is a habit. Join in on the discussion and get insights on some effective habits which will spur your success in 2016. Tune in Friday, February 19th at noon Pacific and 3 p.m. Eastern. I'll end with my favorite quote. There are three kinds of people in this world, those who make it happen, those who let it happen. Those who asked, what happened? Which one are you? If you're highly motivated to make it happen, let me help you make it happen. As a Smart Moves Coach, let me show you how. Contact me at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at SmartMovesCoach.com or 972-380-9181. Thank you for listening to The Business Edge with Marcia Zeidel, the Smart Moves coach and speaker, helping entrepreneurial ventures and small to medium-sized companies build the leadership and talent to move from innovative startup to productive scale-up to profitable enterprise. Remember, to be successful, you must get outside your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. Thank you.
1: You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Idol, the Smart Moves Coach. Join us again next Friday, noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Make the leap from a stressful to a successful business.